Hello, and welcome to Be Vigilant. I'm your host, Matt Dean. Today with me is my wife and co-host, Becky. Today's episode is brought to you by the Thrasher family. Once again, we are so thankful for their donation that keeps us on the air on American Christian Network, Mondays through Fridays at 3 p.m. Becky, what's going on today? <clears throat> Come on. Huh. I'm not going to ask you <laughs> oh, how you're oh, doing. It rained today. That was exciting. There we go. Is fall here? I guess yes. you could say yeah, huh? It is nice out there to get a little uh, moisture on our Thursday morning. Knock down some more of that smoke. That's Oh, that kind of fall, not fall of cabal. No. <laughs> we can just keep praying for that, right? <laughs> just kidding. I knew what you meant. I yep. just had to throw that in there. We are so grateful to be on ACN Mondays through Fridays at 3 p.m. We have been putting out the call that if you like to hear what we have to say, if you like our opinions, if you like our views on the Bible and on the world today, we'd much appreciate it if you could find it in your heart, if God put it on your heart, to help us financially. Because as we draw near to the end of our funds, we like being on American Christian Network, but it does cost money to bring you this show. If you would like to help us out, you can give us a call at 509 818 7818. If you have a business that would like to advertise, we can give you airtime there on, during our show here on ACN. <clears throat> we just want to once again thank everybody that does tune in. We appreciate all of your listenership. Is that, Is that a word? Yeah, we're going to make it a word today. All right. We're also going to dive into what we have to talk about today because I think it's a really good one. As it is Friday, and as if you've li listened to this show before, you know that Becky and I are part of our church's recovery program. We use Reformers Unanimous at our church, Valley Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 404 North Argonne. If you or someone you know is struggling with the addiction or the sin of addiction, if you will, come on in. 7 p.m. We meet in the basement of our church. Or if you are recovered but just need that help and support to stay in recovery, mm -hmm. we're good for that too. Yeah. Because this isn't a 12-step program, this is, it, it does have ways to get and stay sober, but the main focus is Jesus and how we need to heal those broken parts in us already so that we can continue to grow in our spiritual growth. <laughs> grow in our spiritual growth. Yeah. Spiritual walk. Uh, grow in our spiritual walk. There you go. That's why I keep her around. Oh. Many other reasons as oh, well. Okay. No, but we, since we have started this over a year and a half ago, I can say, and I, I guarantee Becky would say the same thing, our faith has grown exponentially. We have further dove into God's Word and really put the days of addiction behind us. You know, both of us have many years in, in our victory over whatever kept us from being close with God. But this just makes it so much more manageable mm -hmm. when we go through these steps and we like bringing you these reformers unanimous steps they're not original to us we'll throw our own flair in as we go and today it's called six procedures for pleasing god and i really thought the rest of our shows this week if you listen to yesterday's show it might have been a little overwhelming and some of the other shows this week might have cast you know some doubt and some worry so i wanted to finish the week strong <laughs> with how we can please God. Because the the faster we realize pleasing God is what he wants from us, and that's how he returns good favor to us, 
the sooner we can get on with our lives and we can continue to spread the word, we can continue to be those warriors for Christ. We want to start with the scripture reading from this, and it's uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. <clears throat> so I guess that's where I got the statement I said right before that, because the way Paul ends it there, and you would abound more and more, meaning that that is what God wants from us, and the, the more we can give to God, the more he'll reward our work, correct? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if you read Hebrews 11.25, uh, Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. We really need to think about that. And being a Christian, Jesus told us is not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. But the everlasting reward that you will get in heaven is way more than whatever, however long that earthly season could be. That's what I get from that. Mm-hmm. And so what we're told is, <clears throat> who are you seeking to please? You ever think about that? Are you seeking to please yourself? Seeking um, to please your family? Yeah, I think most people are seeking to please themselves. Yeah. And a lot of people seek to please others, like mm-hmm. their families, in order to please themselves. Because mm-hmm. they're people pleasers. Yeah. Which is an addiction, by the way. People pleasing? All right, I'm not going to try to please anyone then. Does that work? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, really, you only have to please the Lord. Yeah. So... Seeking to please other people is not what you have to do. <laughs> yeah. Who we please indicates whom we serve. Oh, see, I was right. Yep. <laughs> Becky's gone through this before, though. No. <laughs> and from Galatians 1.10, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. Christ tells us to pick up our cross daily and to walk after him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I just wanted to make sure I got the words right on there. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Yeah, happens every time the record button gets hit. Yeah. Automatically. Something in our throats. So true. <laughs> but so are you trying to persuade people that you're a good person? When in reality, you should be showing God that you are a good person by following what his plan is for us. Because if you really are a good person, you don't have to persuade anybody. Yeah. They'll see it. It'll happen. Yeah. Real quick, what displeases God? Because if you want to know <clears throat> who you're pleasing, you need to know how, right? <clears throat> so when you live after the flesh, that displeases God. Mm-hmm. That and is... it doesn't get you anywhere in life. Yeah. <clears throat> Proverbs fourteen twelve. There is a way, or there is a course of life, is what you're saying, which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Mm-hmm. So if you sit and you want to please the world and you want to make sure that you feel good all the time, you'll end up in hell. Mm-hmm. You need to first repent and admit that you're a sinner so that you may have that everlasting life. So, yeah, if we're living for God, we won't need to worry about living for the world. What else displeases God is our lack of faith. God really wants us to have faith in him and what he'll do for us. So we need to live for God every day. 
So what we read in Hebrews eleven six, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'll take what God offers me over what the world offers me any day. And that's what that's what leads us up into our six procedures for pleasing God. We'll jump into that right now. So the first one is giving praise and thanks pleases God. And it's more than just singing and showing up to church, right? The definition of praise is to give credit. So anything you have in your life, are you giving God the credit for what that is? And not blaming God for the shortcomings in your life, that's also where it has to be. Because God, anything good in me, I know is from God. And that when I praise him or I give him credit, others will know, hey, Something different about that guy. It must be what God has given him. It also opens a door. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You're just if somebody, if you're talking about something good that happened, and you be sure and give God the credit, then if they don't know the Lord, they'll maybe start asking questions. Mm-hmm. You can open up the conversation of how to be saved. Yeah, it's so true. We also must praise God collectively as a church. Never forget to do that. If you're a church and it's not praising God, maybe it's time to leave that church. That's all I'm going to say on that one. And throughout the day, never forget that God's there when you wake up. He's there when you're stuck in traffic. He's there when that bum cuts you off in traffic. He's there when you get home. And I'm sure most of you or a lot of you, you pray before you eat, but there's other times of the day that to praise God as well, besides when you're about to shove your face full of food. Mm-hmm. How about we praise God for the span of our life? Hmm. I've got to thank him, and this is just personal stories for me. Is If I look back at my life, really, there's no reason I should still be here. There's many a times when I could say I shouldn't be here anymore. And the sad fact is, if I had left the earth then, I'd be separated from God for eternity. Mm-hmm. So God was kind enough and showed enough mercy on me that I'm still here and he gave me a chance to finally come back to know who he is through his son, right? And through that, we got to praise God for our salvation. Like too many times we just, we get saved. We find God, as we like to say, when in actuality, God has known where we are the whole time. It's when he moves and our heart is softened and we allow him to come in when God finds us, but then we just go back to our everyday life. Even, you know, longtime Christians. Well, I know where I go in the end, so I'm just going to keep doing how I do here on earth. Mm-hmm. That's so, not pleasing at all. Is that how the kids say it? Doing how I do? I don't think so. No. We're old, I guess. You're old, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can read Psalm seventy-one twenty-three. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee and my soul, which thou hast redeemed. Every day I wake up and I thank God for another day and I pray and let God know that my life is not mine. What I do in this day is for him. And I think all of us, the more we can give our everyday life to God, the more we can be an effective witness for Jesus. Mm-hmm. We must praise God for his goodness. Right? Praise God to our children for his efforts and actions on our behalf. I wanted to touch on this one a little bit. So if you go through your day and you have kids in the home, 
and they don't see that you praise God and you thank God for everything that you have, it's that that generation that comes after you that might stray away. They might not realize how important God is in your everyday life. I thought about that. You know, I see a lot of great Christians that, in my opinion, that are great Christians whose kids have decided to leave the church or have decided to live more for the world. And I just wonder how many factors that has to do. You know, there's other, the world is a strong pull. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. It's an easy pull, an easy walk to go into the world. But I just wonder if how many times, and I wonder how many times I'm at fault for not showing my kids how grateful I am to God and how much praise and credit I give him for everything I have. I just wanted to kind of touch on that one before we move on, because I think that's a really important key to to raising kids in today's crazy world. Mm -hmm. And they do catch on to that kind of stuff pretty quickly. And so if you're talking a big game outside of the uh, home and then not living that at home, Mm -hmm. kids are going to think, well, it's not really that serious, I guess. Yeah. You know, if you show up on Sunday and you sing and you put your hands in the air, it might be a little crazy. <laughs> but you know what you do. They, they see that you button it up on Sunday and go to church, but then you get home and you're not giving your everyday life to God. Kids are like little sponges. We always, I think we always forget that. Moving to the next one, Jesus set the example for praising God. Jesus really set the example for everything mm-hmm. that we should do. And it goes into, he said it by the prayer, our Father, right? How to pray. How to pray, not what to pray. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, what would you call that? Example. Example, an outline. Fill in the blanks with how you thank God and give him credit. And that's where we move into the next part is thanks. The definition of thanks is a feeling of kindness that expresses itself in gratitude. We, talk, we could look at 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So a feeling of kindness that expresses itself in gratitude. I think this is a hard one for us Western people to do. Mm-hmm. You know, If someone does something for us, we can show kindness and show gratitude. But just on an everyday basis, it's a hard one. That's bred away from us. I don't think we're supposed to in our in our modern society show this it almost looks like a form of weakness mm-hmm. but christianity is no weakness christianity is a to me it's a discipline that you must practice every moment of every day so that when people do see you they see something separated something different then we move into obedience that pleases god right mm-hmm. i'm gonna say children obey your parents <laughs> but there's so many other things to obey you know god is set out laws and rules over us. I'm not saying to obey the unjust ones. I'm saying no. obey the speed limits. No, I kid. You should. Well, you, Yeah, <clears throat> that's not an... I mean, in some areas, that might be an outrageous one. Mm-hmm. But usually, it's pretty easy to do that. Yeah, and so the definition of obedience is to perform what is requested and abstain from what is forbidden. I don't know if these these might just be the reformers' unanimous de- definitions. I didn't look it up, but so we have in, in our book here, and I really like these definitions that they're giving. So if you do look it up, and Webster's gives you a different dictionary, okay. These are these are for the Christian definitions. How's that? Mm-hmm. Right, because to perform what is requested, what God has asked us to do, and abstain from what is forbidden. Shake my fist at Eve again, right? Mm-hmm. 
because God doesn't want us to do the things that hurt our physical body, hurt our spiritual body. God wants us to live for him, live in this free life that we may live a more fulfilled life for him. And that leads to our next one is bearing fruit pleases God. Yes, for sure. And in order to bear fruit, you have to obey. So the two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. So we got to become orchard farmers. Yep. All right. Everybody grab your apple trees. Let's bear fruit. No, it, it's so true that we me, we must, on a daily basis, show the fruits of the Spirit. We must bear these fruit that that being a Christian comes along with being a Christian. And so... And what? So we read Colossians 1.10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord until all-pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And to me, the more I know about God, the more I'm able to bear the fruit that he's looking for me to bear. So what are these fruits, right? The first fruit for your being a Christian, the outcome of it is more baby Christians, right? If you spread the word and you're out there and you're telling people about Jesus, more people are going to give their lives to God. They're going to give their lives to something bigger than themselves, to the fact that their souls are now bought and paid for through the the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's kind of the main one that you think about when somebody says, are you bearing fruit, is mm-hmm. leading more people to the Lord. But it's not the only one. Yeah. But it, to me, that's one of the most important ones. I think that's one of the more overlooked ones. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people look at fruit. Well, I volunteer in the nursery. Well, I volunteer. I'm in the choir. I volunteer, you know, this part of my church, or I go feed the hungry. And But a lot of those can also go back to the original thing we were talking about of pleasing people. Mm-hmm. People will do that so that other people will look at them and say, oh, look at what they are doing, which mm-hmm. is not really bearing fruit. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate goal is for us to win souls to Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing we can do will do that. Right. All we can do is lay out God's word and plant that seed. In God's time, the fruit will be come to fruit issue. Yeah. <laughs> Ripeness. It will bear fruit. Yeah. It and, will grow. Yeah. And how do we do that? And the next step is if you appreciate your salvation, you will share it with others. Yeah, you should be excited about it. Mm-hmm. You should be going into everything with joy. Right, I think it was Sean Foyt when he was here last month talking about Christians should be joyful to do everything. They should be joyful to be going to the ballot box to vote is what he was talking about. But we really should be joyful in anything we do. We should be sharing the good news that our souls are saved through Jesus Christ. And I know I fall victim to this, so that's why, once again, I said I'm pointing the fingers at me. you got to appreciate appreciate your salvation. Know that in the end, everything's going to be okay because you have salvation. Share that with others. Not everybody is going to be receptive to it. No, and you have to not be scared of that rejection either. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you need to be intentional <clears throat> about praying for wisdom, guidance, strength, and courage. Yeah. And how you do that, you avoid all the life's concerns that 
that the devil throws at you, right? We need to move forward and knowing that what God has for us is so much more. And if we think about Paul when he writes to Timothy to endure the hardness as good soldiers. I like that, as good soldiers. And <clears throat> you can read all through the book of Timothy when, when Paul is telling him that we must endure life's wrath, the hardness and the hardships of the worldly outcomes that come at you, the fleshly desires that will pull us away. I know Paul really wrote a lot about that, the fleshly desires that mm -hmm. can really get us screwed up. And, you know, when he's speaking to Timothy, this is a, a man that he felt was like a son, right, that he had helped raise in the faith. And so he really, to me, when, when I read Paul writing to Timothy, is like a, you know, that mentor talking, not, not exhorting him like he's one of the churches that screwed up. <clears throat> but if we read these from Paul as we are Timothy, because I think Paul would write them to each one of us like this, to give us, you know, the hope and the fortitude to continue to strive to win more souls to Jesus. And how do we do it? we got to keep our focus on the battle, right? By protecting his investment, by advancing into enemy territory. I mean, just these words, you know, you know, I like talking about being a warrior for Christ, so all these, right? Adva advancing into enemy territory. From Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men, your light the salvation of Christ that's inside of you. Let all the world see it. And why will be freeing captives for his cause? We go to Jude 23. And others <clears throat> save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Right there. That's what, when people walk through the doors of our recovery program, that's one of the first things I tell them, you know, I'm in victory over my addiction for a long time now. Almost. 14 years. Almost 14 years I have. But God allowed me to go through that fire. And God has allowed a lot of you out there listening today to go through that fire and to come out stronger and hardened and ready to reach back into that fire and pull others out. And so that's a great one right there. <clears throat> and we must move to show fear of the Lord, right? We talked about that on yesterday's show. Mm -hmm. Not fearing God, but the fear of the Lord, that the God has what's right for us, and that is how it works. And the definition of fear of the Lord is a respect for what God could do, what God would do, and what God should do. Hmm. That's I like the way that Reformers Unanimous puts that a lot. In Proverbs 16, 6, by mercy and truth, iniquity, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Yeah, that there's that <clears throat> respect. So you have that healthy respect, like we said, for the Lord, then you're going to want to do what he says. Mm -hmm. Just like when, you know, you, you have a, which is a rare thing, a boss at work that you may look up to and respect, then you're going to work harder for them than you would a, a boss that doesn't lead by example, I guess. Yeah, that's so true. To me, you put in, I'll put in all of these things, pleasing God with all these steps we went over today. <clears throat> you're not going to get everyone right every day. Mm -mm. You're not going to get everyone right all day every day. But if you start to heed each one of these words, you know, these words that God gave us through Scripture, and you start to put them in your toolbox, so to speak, to use them to fight back at the enemy. We know right now, and I can only speak for America because I live in America, mm -hmm. but I can assume that the enemy is attacking. If you look at world news, you can see the enemy 
enemy attacking Christianity all over the place, mm -hmm. attacking God's good word in every move that we make, trying to push Christianity away, push it out for a new agenda, <clears throat> a new science agenda. I was just thinking it's even gone as far as to attack science, which used to be, according to the world, infallible. Mm -hmm. like it's The science is settled. Is something that used to be said. Well, you can't say that anymore because none of it is based on fact. Yeah. And that is all Satan. Yeah. So if you continue to work on these, and this is what we'll, we'll finish up here. Is <clears throat> like I just said, keep your focus on the battle. Protect, advance, and free captives. If you use these other steps to work on those, you'll bear your fruit by showing in baby Christians that are made and discipling. Maybe you need to work on your discipleship in your church, which means buckling down and listening when the preacher is talking, going oh. to Sunday school. Oh, you're supposed to listen. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Don't show up and check the uh, football scores on your phone as you go through. Oh, yeah. I see people do that. Yep. Not going to name any names, but. She's not looking at me. Because I would knock your <clears throat> phone right out of your hand if I saw you doing something like that. Exactly. <laughs> but grow your discipleship. You know, challenge yourself, pull yourself into directions that are uncomfortable because maybe you're going to dive into part of the word that really makes your life look not as pretty and not as shiny as you want mm -hmm. everyone to know. Mm -hmm. Because when I look at, you know, from the books, book of Acts on, these disciples were not pretty shiny people. No, They were in the mix. They were going into the temples and preaching Jesus when they told not to. They were shipwrecked they were put in prison and then they would come right back out and just keep preaching do it all over again that's what we need to do that's my call to action for today is take a look at your life grow your discipleship and share the word with more people and more people and get into the word so you can know exactly what you're talking about if you liked what we've talked about today you're struggling with sin of addiction Check us out, Reformers Unanimous. That's the program we use at our church, 404 North Argonne. If you're also in Spokane, you can go to Faith Baptist at 2804 East Euclid Avenue. I've talked to those guys that run that program. They're always open to have new people come. It's you know We're in the Valley. They're on the north side. <clears throat> we do have other programs of RU at other church throughout Washington, Oregon, some in Idaho. You can go on rurecovery.com, and you can find a meeting close to you. Because we all know that there's somebody struggling with whatever it is that's keeping their eyes off the prize. So maybe you're not living on the street and ready to be institutionalized, but you know that there's something in your life that keeps you from Jesus. Are you recovery can help. Mm -hmm. Becky, thanks for your help today. Thank you guys for tuning in. For Becky and I'm Matt, be vigilant. Remember next time, be sober, be vigilant.